Welcome to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small, your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Brought to you by LakeLink, your online fishing resource at lake-link.com. Outdoors Radio is also brought to you by the Wisconsin Hunter Education Program, bnr.wi.gov. By the Open Season Sportsman's Expo, March 25th through the 27th at Kalahari Resort in Wisconsin Dells, Open Season Sportsman's Expo. Dot com by Remy Battery, family-owned and operated since 1931, serving Milwaukee along with Escanaba and Houghton, Michigan. Let's start something. RemyBattery.com. And by the Wisconsin Wildlife Federation, grassroots hunting and angling conservationists dedicated to the future of fish, wildlife, clean water, and healthy habitat. WIWF.org. I'm Dan Small. We've got another great show for you this week, so stay right there. Well, folks, it's time now for Madison Outdoors, and you hear this feature each and every week on WTSO, the Big 1070, and on our podcast on LakeLink and iHeart Media and wherever else you get your podcasts, because we're available on many different platforms. Well, joining me right now uh, is Ron Bearfield, a McFarland guide who is a regular on the show. And Ron, it's good to talk to you again. Well, thanks for having me on, Dan. Well, Appreciate you, it. you bet. Now, um, water's opening up. Rivers are opening up. Uh, trout streams have been open. What have you been up to? Well, I've been, I fished the river a little bit, but uh, mainly it's been on the trout streams a lot lately. Um, the rivers are just getting started to get op- getting opened up enough, you know, the so- below the Sock Dam and, and uh, the Dells Dam. They're catching a lot of fish at the Dells right now. Um, they're really sorting through them, it sounds like, and there's a lot of boats. So, you you know, that's not a very big area up there. And uh, when you get a hundred boats in a small section of a river, there's only a few spots that are really producing fish. And those boats are all competing for that same spot. And uh, believe me, it's, uh, it's kind of a zoo up there right now. But uh, they are catching fish. Yeah. Um, you know, and up by the dam, they're catching them up there as well. Uh, a lot of small fish, you got to sort through them, but they're getting a few keepers as well. And every now and then they're getting a slot fish. It, it sounds like both Lindy Rigs and Jig Heads have been working pretty well uh, with minnows. So the, uh, the guys that are using the plastics and not, not a Jig Head and a minnow, the guys with the fish in the plastic aren't catching as many fish, but the ones they're getting are better quality. Yeah, so, yeah. I found so, the little bit of fishing I've done up there. Um, if you get in the right spot, those uh, the big females um, will take those plastic tails and, and hit them pretty readily. Yes, they will, and they'll hit a pretty big bait. You know, I'm, I'll, you know, I'll use four-inch ringworms a lot, and they hit those very well. Moxies, uh-huh. they hit those. Uh, you know, so. Don't be afraid to use a big bait. They will hit it. Yeah. And yeah. Um, you know, years ago, and I have not been on the Fox at Eureka. I don't know if you've ever fished there, but years ago, there were photos that uh, guys took. Of It was almost you could walk across the river boat to boat. There were that many boats, and they were that close. Oh, yeah. And it went kind of get that way, you know, during that white bass run. Too. Yeah. Yep. Um, you know, the boats are, you almost tie up to each other all the way across there. Yeah. Well, I hope people are courteous because that's, uh, an opportunity for, uh, good sportsmanship and also to be, uh, real jerks, if you know what I mean. Uh, yeah, that's exactly right. And I gotta, gotta say, it's not like it used to be where guys got along pretty good. And, you know, it seems like anymore there's getting to be more and more of those jerks out there that, uh, you know, and it's a shame. Because that uh, I don't like to see that in our sport. It shouldn't be that way. But there's a there's quite a few of them out there, especially when it gets crowded. Yeah, I suppose. Well, it's an opportunity to educate people too. If uh, and I know you do that a lot. Uh, you know, you you try to just keep your cool and and uh, explain to them, you know, your situation and uh, you know just be cool about it. I'll I'll usually just move, you know, if, if things like that happen, then I. You don't have to have words with anybody. Just there's yeah. a lot of place to fish, you know. So, yep, yep. So and you're out there to have a good time, not not argue with somebody. Absolutely, so. yeah, absolutely. So below the dams, uh, um, there's action. But now you like to fish 
uh, in the Portage area and uh, downstream from Sauk uh, Prairie. Um, but that's that's a while yet, right? Or, or is there anything it, going on? Well, that, that bike can be. There's going to be, uh, for, for instance, I'll use that, that Hooker's area up around, uh, oh, from the interstate, just north of Lake Wisconsin where the interstate crosses the river. Uh, that stretch uh, should be producing fish right now. Um, they're, uh, the, the, because the upper part of the lake there is starting to open up a little bit. Um, you know, so up through by Hookers and Davy Slough, the mouth of Davy Slough, places like that, the Baraboo River, uh, there should be fish there right now. Those fish are moved, they move up under the ice a lot of times. So, uh huh. Okay. Uh, there should, there should be fish there right now. You just gotta find the holes. They're not gonna be in every hole. Um, you know, I like to find anywhere from, well, up in that, that stretch of river, anywhere from 8 to 12 feet, you know, if you can find that deep water. <laughs> that's usually uh, usually where I find them this time of year. And, and the slacker the water, it seems like the better. You know, you want a little bit of current, but you don't want that uh, full-blown main channel current. Yep. That's for sure. Yep. The big girls like to rest uh, near bottom or in, in the backwaters so they uh, don't have to work too hard. Yeah, say um, uh, it is Rivers Edge holding their tournament this year. They usually do. I haven't talked to Botch lately. I haven't either, and um, but I believe they are. I saw it somewhere where they were going to going to have a tournament um, up there again, um, but I'm not sure the exact date. You'd have to call Rivers Edge yep. to find out for yep. sure. Yeah, well, I should have looked on the website before I called you, but you know, I didn't do it. So. Well, uh, okay, so walleye action is starting. Now, you say you've been trout fishing. What have you been doing? I've been doing a lot of trout fishing. I've been fishing with uh, different uh, fly patterns, you know, and it's surprising. I'm catching a lot of fish on streamer-type flies. Uh-huh. Um, you know, a pretty good-sized fly. There are uh, some of them that I would e- even use for smallmouth bass, and uh, they don't seem to, it doesn't seem to bother these fish at all. You know, for instance, today they I had one fish that was about 15 inches long, and he had just eaten, either eaten a lot of something or had eaten something pretty big because his stomach was just chuck full. I mean, he was a, it was a nice brown trout, but he hit a pretty big fly and, uh, a big streamer and, um, he was already full. I don't know why he was even hitting it, but he did. Yeah. So, um, but there, there, the nymph fight is also, it's been pretty good, you know, um, like a scud pattern has been working pretty well, but it depends on the stream as well. You know, when you get out around the Blue River, the upper portions of the Blue River, um, the scuds have been working really well. And then when I get down to where it's a little bit bigger on downstream, um, you know, bigger holes, uh, pools and things like that, I uh, that's when I go to the bigger, you know, the streamer type stuff. And uh, they seem to like that big pattern. That's yeah. um, any. Anything in a minnow, minnow pattern. Squirrel tails work very well. Okay. You know, a squirrel, squirrel tail streamer. Uh-huh. Um, it was a silver body. I've been, it's surprising. I've been catching quite a few fish on that. Yeah. Well, they must think it's a, a shiner or a dace or something. I mean, it's a minnow imitation, of course. Exactly. That's it. And that's what they're doing. And uh, I, you know, I started doing that, um, fishing, uh, uh old, Bigger pools like up by the Pine River up in, up in Richland County or or uh, Mill Creek or Willow Creek up there, um, fishing those little bit bigger streams and fishing with that bigger fly. And I'm also getting a better quality fish, too. You don't maybe catch as many, but the ones you get are pretty nice fish. Yep, and you mentioned that brown trout who, who had a fat belly and yet he was still eating. That's been my experience in the past, especially uh, after rains or during runoff when uh, worms and grubs and uh, other stuff uh, being washed into the water, you know, they just gorge on it, and they just keep eating, uh, and they'll take a, a whack at whatever you're offering as well. It sure seems like it. A lot of times I think it's an instinctive strike, you know, where it's there, so I'm going to hit it. Yeah. Or, or chase it out of the area or whatever. But, uh, yeah, sometimes a uh, big silhouette like that will uh, actually, well, it was like, like us when we were fishing muskies a couple of years ago with your brother on the Wisconsin River. Yeah. Remember the big flies we were throwing and the smallmouth were yeah. them up? Yeah. Yep. You know, and we were throwing some pretty big uh, big flies. Yep. I have actually caught my biggest uh, smallmouth 
and uh, largemouth on musky baits. <laughs> uh, oh, uh, yeah. Flies and topwater hard baits, you know. Yep, and these trout will do the same thing. Yep. They'll, uh, you know, they'll hit a big bait. Absolutely. They're not afraid of it. All right. Well, Ron, we're going to let you go and let you get back to fishing. I know with this warmer weather, you'll have lots of opportunity to get out there, and we'll catch up with you again in a couple weeks. Sounds good, Dan. Thank you. You bet. Ron Bearfield, a a McFarland guide with the Madison Outdoors Report, and you can hear this report uh, each and every week on WTSO, the Big 1070, and wherever you get our podcast as well. I'm Dan Small, more Outdoors Radio right after this. Enjoy the ultimate shooting experience at the Range of Richfield, your one-stop shop for all shooters. Just north of the Richfield Cabela's store on Helson Drive, the Range of Richfield offers 12 state-of-the-art 25-yard indoor shooting lanes for all pistol and common rifle loads. Classes in home defense, basic handgun and concealed carry, a retail shop, trophy mount display, and more in a welcoming, family-friendly setting. Open daily except Monday to the public and members. Your ultimate shooting experience, therangewi.com. If you're ever in a motor vehicle accident, call Hupe and Abraham, named Best Personal Injury Law Firm by the Wisconsin Law Journal, year after year. The firm of Hupe and Abraham has collected more than a billion dollars for its clients. In fact, they collect millions of dollars every month for hundreds of satisfied clients. Call the firm voted best and rated best, Hupe and Abraham, 800-800-5678 or visit hupe.com. And all 11 offices of Hupe and Abraham in Wisconsin, Iowa, and Illinois are open for business. Well, joining me once again from his home in Wisconsin Rapids, Mr. Hardwater, Jeff Kelm. Well, Jeff, uh, you got ice up there yet? We're losing it pretty fast. We got ice. We got ice. I'll be out on ice yet uh, for the next, uh, I want to say, couple weeks. You know, Hmm? So we've got plenty of ice in the middle of the lake, Dan, but six inches is still six inches. So six inches of water on the shoreline. (laughs) <laughs> is always going to be six inches of water, and it's always going to be no more than six inches of ice. So um, the shoreline's always the first thing to go. So depending on how much sunlight and rain and wind and all of that combined we get will all really determine how long the the ice season actually lasts. But uh, but I do, de- I do uh, believe I'm going to get out at least a few more times and um, and get on a late ice bite. I love it. The, the, the warmest I've ever ice fished, was 73 degrees uh, I was ice fishing. So often, often I'm fishing in 50s, and I love it. Yep, yep. Well, you you do it right to the bitter end, I know, and uh, and you're also safety conscious, so I know you'll be careful. But uh, you've got a tournament. Your tournament season starts this weekend. This weekend, yeah, Spring Valley, Illinois, 96 teams going at it down there and uh, on the Illinois River for uh, – they're, uh, over the course of two days, they're 10 best uh, saugers or walleyes or saw guys. And it uh, looks like the walleye population really, since I even started this in 2017, has really come on strong. Uh, it's not stronger than the sauger population, but the guys are able to pinpoint a basket of walleye over a basket of saugers, which when I started doing this in 17, uh, you were looking at, you know, if somebody brought a walleye in, they had the big fish of the day. Now it's it's kind of evened out. If you're left with five saugers, it may not be enough to take the lead on any given day. Huh. Now, is that due to stocking or uh, Yeah, it's on? due to stocking. I think um, uh, the DNR's done a really great job down there of uh, of stocking walleyes and, uh, in a, at a better proportion uh, to each other. Um, we work with the, the hatchery each and every year. The, the hatchery trucks come and they collect all of the fish from our event has for the last 30 years. And, um, <clears throat> they take those fish back to the hatchery. They'll milk the eggs and, uh, and sperm out of them and then, um, raise fish to stock directly back into the Illinois river. And they do that with a few different tournaments, uh, here throughout the springtime. We just happen to be one of the largest ones they work with. Neat, neat. And uh, so you'll be doing that, and then you've got other tournaments coming up probably in May, right? Yeah, well, so April we've got one in Sandusky. I've got uh, basically the whole month of May and the whole month of June is booked solid Hmm. with tournaments. So uh, bass and walleye all across the nation. Busy guy. Okay. Well, um, we talk about ice a little bit, and, of course, this is transition time. Spring, the first day of spring is in a couple days. And uh, 
We've lost our snow uh, and our, our ice went out of the creek, uh, gosh, a week or so ago. And uh, I was talking with some folks in town on Monday about robins. Nobody had seen any robins yet. And then Monday afternoon, I go for a walk on my neighbor's uh, pasture. I'm trying to get in shape for turkey season. And sure enough, there's a small flock of six or eight robins. I didn't count them, but they were all kind of hanging out in um, along the, the creek in, in some trees. And I don't know what they were eating uh and, and the next day tuesday i saw them in the same place so um they're finding something to eat or else waiting for something to show up i don't know yeah they're they're around uh them and the sandhill cranes are back and um uh yeah i mean it's spring is springing it is it is um i'm waiting to see when our first wood ducks show up we usually get them the first week of april uh they may be here sooner but we see them as they're flying up and down the creek and uh, of course the hens are squealing they're pretty easy to identify that way and they're looking for uh, nesting holes uh, we put up a wood duck uh, box I think we put up two of them over the years and they both got washed away by floods so um, any any ducks that are going to nest around here they find natural cavities we've got pileated woodpeckers and we've got a lot of dead ash trees so uh, I'm sure that there are some spots that uh, uh, some natural cavities, which is what wood ducks used forever before we started making wood duck boxes. For sure, for sure. Yeah, you know, and I notice uh, we've talked about natural cavities and stuff. Talk about bees, and uh, I've seen a lot of a lot of activity around my beehive, and and uh, you know they're anxiously awaiting some of the first flowers of the season, whether the uh, crocus and stuff like that that people have you know planted along the sides of their houses and. Uh, dandelions will be some of the first natural forage that they get a chance to get on. And, uh, at this time of year and, and the next uh, month or so, just remind people as you start to see those dandelions, don't, don't cut them. Don't pick them. Just let them be. Natural pollinators beyond honeybees really, really require that first bit of nectar and pollen to, uh, to jumpstart their, their years. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Well, leftover spring turkey permits go on sale starting Monday, the 21st, at 10 a.m., Zone 1, and then um, Zone 2 the next day, and so on. And, of course, you can purchase one permit per day until they're sold out or the season ends. And so, folks, if you did not get a permit or if you want to hunt for more than one bird, as some of us do, uh, go to your Go Wild account and buy those leftover permits. So It'll be fun. It'll be good turkey yeah. hunting. Yeah, it, it's coming up real soon. And, folks, you can make a difference for the future of hunting, fishing, and healthy habitat by joining the Wisconsin Wildlife Federation, our newest sponsor. WIWF.org is their website, and you can add your support to one of the most active and growing grassroots networks right here in Wisconsin. The Wisconsin Wildlife Federation welcomes individuals, businesses, clubs, and alliances who want to do what's right for fish, wildlife, and the people who rely on access to healthy natural resources. Join today at WIWF.org. Well, coming up today, Wisconsin DNR Conservation Warden and Hunter Education Administrator John King talks about the Learn to Hunt and uh, Hunter Education opportunities that are coming up real soon and the spring turkey season as well. Uh, Deer hunting expert Art Helen offers some advice for patterning mature bucks, the subject of his seminar next weekend at the Open Season Sportsman's Expo at Kalahari Resort in the Dells. And Dan Ebert, who is the leader of a new statewide coalition of sporting, agricultural, and environmental groups, talks about the new initiative that Mark LaBarbera mentioned last week, a new initiative to address the impact of severe weather events here in Wisconsin and the Midwest. And gosh, we hope we don't have a severe weather event this spring. So far, we've been fortunate, but... Uh, they had a lot of snow up north. In fact, uh, mm-hmm. I think uh, when John came home from his ski trip out west, they had about 30-plus inches in Bayfield and Washburn. And uh, he sent me a trail cam photo of another wolf on uh, our property up there. So they're they're making it through the winter. I don't know how the deer and turkeys will do up there. But anyway, more Outdoors Radio coming up right after this. 
Attention future hunters. Hunting season for turkey, small game, and deer is right around the corner. Don't wait to think about hunter education. The time to enroll is now. The Wisconsin DNR offers several options to choose from, making it easier than ever to enroll. Just browse for upcoming youth or adult hunter education classes at gowild.wi.gov and join the ranks of today's hunter education graduates who are ensuring the safe future of our hunting heritage. Classes fill up quickly, so don't wait. Enroll today. A message from Wisconsin DNR. If your rifle, shotgun, handgun, or muzzleloader needs work this season, call Roger Williams at Northern Magnetic, LLC. A licensed professional gunsmith for over 35 years, Roger can repair, customize, rebarrel, install sights and scope mounts, and more on all firearms, makes, and models. When you need a professional gunsmith, call Roger at 262-339-1798 or visit FixGuns.com. That's 262-339-1798 or FixGuns.com. Here's a message from our friends at Remy Battery in Milwaukee, Escanaba, and Houghton. As Remy Battery enters the 90th anniversary of our company, we want to thank all of our customers and friends we have made over the years. Thank you for your continued support to our local, family-owned company. We invite you to our newly remodeled Milwaukee retail store on the corner of 43rd Street and Lincoln Avenue. We have batteries from the largest military crafts to the smallest hearing aids, Big and small, we have them all. Stop in for a free battery and electrical check before you hit the road, trails, or the waters. Don't forget to ask your sales representatives about volume pricing. Call Remy at 414-384-0340 or visit online at remybattery.com for all your battery and battery accessory needs. Welcome back to your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. The Open Season Sportsman's Expo is coming to Wisconsin again this year, March 25th through the 27th. Gosh, that's next weekend, folks. It'll be at Kalahari Resort in the Dells, and you can learn more at Open Season Sportsman's Expo. Dot com. And joining us now is a friend and a familiar voice on our show. Uh, he's going to talk about his seminar at this year's expo, Art Helen. He's a familiar name to Wisconsin deer and turkey hunters. He's been hunting more than 30 years uh, for most North American big game species, but he specializes in, uh, I guess I'd say his first love is Wisconsin turkeys and whitetails, and he's a field staffer for a number of outdoor companies. You've seen him at uh, seminars, trade shows, uh, retail store events, all kinds of venues. He gets around. He's an accomplished wildlife photographer and land management consultant. I don't know how he has time to do all this, but he and his wife, Michelle, now have a TV show called Own the Season, and it's going to debut soon on the Sportsman Channel. It's already been on the Hunt Channel for a while, and uh, we're going to find out what he's up to. You can learn more about art and what he's up to uh, on his website, arthelenoutdoors.com. And Helen is H-E-L-I-N, Art Helen Outdoors. He'll be presenting his seminar, Patterning Mature Bucks, at the Open Season Sportsman's Expo at Kalahari. And Art, uh, thanks so much for joining us, and welcome back. Thank you, Dan. I'm glad to be back. Well, it's good to talk to you again. You've been busy uh, this winter. You've done a lot of seminars at different expos, haven't you? I have. We've been traveling the country doing that, uh, editing for the show, and then uh, doing some land management work. So it's uh, it's been a crazy, crazy winter. Yeah. And, uh, early spring, I guess. Yeah, but uh, it'll soon be turkey time, and we can all go out and have fun with that. That's right. Yeah, and you'll be at the expo uh, at Kalahari all weekend, correct? Right. We'll have a booth there, and uh, we'll be doing seminars on pattern mature whitetails. Okay. Well, without giving all your secrets away... Um, Tell us about your seminar. What are you going to cover? Well, what I'm really going to dive into is, you know, mature deer are different than a young one, two, three-year-old deer. They act different. They do things different. And so what I'm really, I'm going to kind of break down not only patterning them, but where they are at different times of the year throughout, you know, like in Wisconsin for your hunting season from mid-September through that end of December and what those deer are really doing, where they're going, how they're traveling, 
and then start breaking down how to pattern them um, throughout that process of where they are and what time of year it really is for them to be traveling to different areas. Uh huh. Um, and and you say they do they act differently than younger bucks. Um, is that because they're why is that? <laughs> I'll ask you. Well, I, I believe that uh, the biggest reason is is you know they they've survived a few gun seasons. They've survived the pressure. They've survived um, you know the people out there and uh, pushing them out of their areas into different areas and different things. And because that and learning them just, I guess, kind of like you and I as, as people, we learn things and, and do things differently as we get older because, you know, when I was young, I'd drive a car as fast as I could drive a car just because it was fun. Yeah. Um, as I got older, well, I still do that, but I do it in safer places, you know, on a track or somewhere that uh, I can do that legally and and if something happens, I don't get hurt or hurt as bad, you know. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, um, where I think these deer understand that, and as they get older, it's it's like when breeding season comes around, um, the younger bucks don't understand it yet, so they're just running. You mm-hmm. know, especially like there's an October lull, so through that lull, is there really a lull? Because people say, well, I'm always seeing these one and two year old deer. Well, yeah, because they don't understand it yet. And they're still running around trying to figure out life. It's like a teenage boy yeah. um, that's just trying to figure it out. Where those mature deer have been through it long enough that they're going to lay up. They're going to do some things different at those times of year. They're going to, you know, hide longer. They're going to stay in uh, their bedding zones longer or in a acorn flat. Uh, they're, they're just going to be a different animal. They're smarter. They're they're keener. Um they're looking for certain things that those young deer aren't looking for. Uh-huh. Are you going to address um, making changes on a private property to hold mature bucks? Um, I'm not going to get real into detail with this because there are some other seminars that are going on mm-hmm. talking about that. But uh, there are some things that, yes, I will, I will address um, throughout that seminar on what you should be doing now when there's no leaves on the trees, what you should be doing now in the spring uh, to prepare for um, these transitions and what these deer are going to be doing in the fall. Now, can uh, people pattern mature bucks on public land, too, where other hunters are involved? Oh, sure you can. It's uh, it's a little more complicated, um, but the use of trail cameras, you know, I'll really start talking about the use of trail cameras, too, um, and how to pattern from year to year uh, what deer are doing. Not just, a lot of people don't use them as a tool. And so I'm going to break down how to use that properly as a tool to grow bigger deer or find out where those bigger deer are doing and what they're doing at different times of the year. Uh so you're more effective with your time out there in the woods. Uh-huh. Well, uh, imagine most folks are going to be at the expo pretty much all day when they go. It's kind of a, a commitment to spend as much time as you can there. But uh, your seminars, um, they're on the schedule. Do you know the times? Yes. On Friday, I'll be speaking at 2.30. Uh, Saturday, will be at 4.30 in the afternoon, and... Sunday would be at 11.30 a.m. Okay, great. Well, Art, I think we'll leave it there. Just enough of a tease for people to uh, answer the question, do I want to go hear this guy talk about patterning mature bucks or not? I think you've given us a a few uh, tidbits there, and and there's a lot more in your seminar, I'm sure. Yes, there is. All right. Well, thanks so much, and uh, you have a great show. I understand you're in Ohio this weekend. And uh, back to Madison uh, next weekend. Yep. So, All right. I will, I will be there. Okay. Well, um, you and Michelle travel safely, and I hope you have a great uh, weekend in uh, in Ohio and then, of course, here in the Dells as well. So thanks so much for joining us, and we'll keep in touch. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. You bet. Art Helen.
speaking at the Open Season Sportsman's Expo at Kalahari Resort in the Dells, March 25th through the 27th. Their website is openseasonsportsmansexpo.com, and his website, to learn more about what he offers, uh, is arthelenoutdoors.com, and Helen is H-E-L-I-N. I'm Dan Small. You are listening to Outdoors Radio. Listen to more Outdoors Radio online at dansmalloutdoors.com. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. Wisconsin's Department of Natural Resources offers hunter education courses and Learn to Hunt and Learn to Fish programs for novice hunters and anglers. To learn more about course offerings, you can go to dnr.wi.gov and type in the keywords Learn to Hunt or Learn to Fish. And joining us now for our last chat in this series of conversations about Hunting opportunities for new hunters and hunter safety is John King. Now, John is a DNR conservation warden, and he's the hunter education administrator and a regular guest on the show. John, welcome back. Thanks for having me, Dan. You bet. Now, we've been talking about uh, online hunter edu- cl- uh, education classes ending this week for new hunters. I think it's Sunday is, is the last day. Uh, new hunters under the age of 18. Um can you explain um, what that change is all about? Well, um, as we all know, the nation had to deal with uh, COVID-19 and uh, um, a lot of opportunities, hands-on opportunities were kind of shut off uh, because of that. And so Hunter Education, we uh, we had to make the decision during COVID um, to do something different to allow certifications to happen on you know, for hunter education. So what we ended up doing was um, we allowed the online hunter education program uh, to extend from adults into youth. Uh, we, we only were planning on doing this um, during the COVID pandemic and when it was safe for us to allow um, <clears throat> people to get back to the classroom setting, we were, we were definitely going to make that opportunity available. We, we have opened up hunter education. There's been classes going on uh, pretty much the entire time, but now we are we're seeing kind of COVID slowly go away, and it's no longer affecting our ability to offer um, hunter education classes. And so we understand and know that the quality of hands-on education is very important for youth. And so we are um, the DNR and the governor's office have said, let's get back to pre-COVID conditions. So uh, hands-on hunter education uh, is now starting on March 21st. 21st is going to be required uh, for all students that are under the age of 18. Okay, and um, those 18 and older can still take the online um, part of the course, yep. right? Yes, yep. Uh, every student can go to the uh, adult student can still continue to take hunter-ed.com uh, and completely get certified after paying the fee and completing the course. Um, we still offer um, internet field days uh, for youth. Uh, those kind of are a mixture where you can complete your hunter-ed.com uh, online training, but then you go into an all-day training uh, that's available uh, in your area. And then the other opportunity is just our traditional hunter education course where that could be um, you know, a couple Tuesday nights or Tuesday, Wednesday nights uh, for a few weeks in a row and uh, offered with the local uh, instructor group in your community. Um, I think it's a good idea. I'm sure your instructors think it's a good idea. Is it being well received that, that now uh, younger uh, students must take the uh, in-person class? I, so far, um, obviously our instructors have um, asked us to get back to this sooner than later. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we, we definitely wanted to get back to uh, the pre-COVID uh, conditions of hunter education. The hands-on education, uh, it, it just helps our, our youth uh, 
understand all the things that you talk about in the hunter education program. So, and it's all about doing things. So they're they're actively handling firearms, uh, learning how to load and unload, the safety, uh, how to carry it when I'm with myself or a bunch of other people. Uh, so there's just a lot of hands-on opportunities that help uh, drive home the message of what we talk about. Uh, and so it's just retention of information is, is a yeah, I agree. And, uh, well, um, I'm sure you're going to have a lot of people signing up for those classes um, um, yeah, once again. <clears throat> yeah. So, um, uh, speaking of uh, hunting, turkey season is just around the corner. Um, I received a postcard, as a lot of people did, informing me that I was drawn for a certain time period and zone. And uh, if I got one of those cards, or if other listeners got one of those cards, what's the next step? What do you have to do to actually get the permit? So, um, you know, I've, I'm actually sitting here looking at my card as well. <laughs> I, I got uh, my card in the mail, and so um, you, you'll get a card in the mail that basically tells you what zone you uh, were selected for and then what time period you were selected for. Yep. So there's a tag sitting there available for you. Uh, with the DNR, and so you can log into the Go Wild system, or you can stop at a DNR service center uh, or any other location that sells um, licenses for the state of Wisconsin, and you can stop in there and uh, buy your tag that you've been approved for, uh, and so um, that that process is pretty simple and pretty quick. Uh, like I said, you can still log in and use your credit card on Go Wild and uh, pay for this and uh-huh. then you're, you're good to go. Now, do you have to have the current year uh, hunting license before you do that? Because the license year ends um, at the end of the, this month, another, you know, 10 you, days no, or so. No, no this, this tag is um, your turkey permit is separate from your small game license that could expire on the 31st of March. So yep. your turkey tag uh, if that's all you hunt in the state of Wisconsin, you just have to buy your turkey tag and go hunting with, with that. Um, so, yeah, you, you don't have to have, um, you know, your small game license approved. Okay, great. But uh, there's also a turkey stamp that you need, yep. uh, right? Yeah, yep. so most people that apply, um, you know, they paid their couple dollars um, for their application process, and so when you get... Now that you are uh, approved to buy that tag, you'll log in and, and you'll buy your, your turkey stamp and, and license. And I, I don't remember exactly what that total is, but I, I think it's around that, is it around that $25, I think, all in um, for your, your tag and your stamp. Yep, it's quite reasonable. I do the uh, patron card, so so I don't know what it would cost if I would were to do it individually. Um Okay, so then coming up uh, starting Monday, the 21st, leftover turkey permits are going to be available. And anyway, lots of opportunities, uh, folks, to get your permits. And, you know, for new hunters and even for hunters who have been doing this for a long time, uh, turkey hunting is potentially quite dangerous because we're making a sound like the animal we're hunting and we're in camouflage and we're hiding and, you know... um, we got to be extra careful. You're correct on that. Every, you know, every year, um, the Wisconsin DNR we, we uh, investigate all the hunting accidents that occurred, and so, um, you know, when it comes to the turkey season, we seem to have, you know, one to three hunting accidents kind of every year uh, relating to to hunting turkeys. And the the one thing that we always talk about is um, when you're out and about and maybe on public land, is that you. Um, you take the time to just kind of research what it is that is actually calling to you or responding to your calls. Is that another hunter? Um, take a look around. Um, make sure that you're you're not stalking another hunter versus um, an actual turkey. Uh, and, and so with that being said, um, some new technology that's out there uh, I should, and, and hunting equipment that people are using, and, and that does cause over the last couple of years we've seen some hunting accidents become of that and that's where i 
uh, hide behind something that represents a turkey. Uh, and so we just want to make sure that people think about um, exactly what it is that I'm going to take a shot at uh, and, and make sure that it's just exactly what it's supposed to be, which is uh, be certain of your target, yep. what's in front of it, and what's beyond it. Yep. Uh, and so just we, we ask everybody to keep that in mind while they're out there hunting. Um, very easily can prevent uh, all of these hunting accidents from occurring if we just abide by those simple four firearm safety rules. Yep. Well, and those, of course, are uh, listed pretty much everywhere. You can find information about hunter safety, and they're kind of drilled into your head if you take the uh, hunter education course. Uh, so, well, John, thanks so much. Um, we got to move on here, but uh, good information, and I'm sure a lot of listeners are just as eager as you and I are to uh, uh, get those turkey permits in hand and get out there and start talking to those birds. You bet. You too. John King is a DNR conservation warden, and he's the administrator of the Hunter Education Program. You can learn more about everything we've talked about and more on the DNR website, dnr.wi.gov, and just type in learn to hunt, learn to fish. You can type in turkey hunting, whatever your topic is. You'll find the information there. I'm Dan Small. You are listening to Outdoors Radio. Enjoy the ultimate shooting experience at the Range of Richfield, your one-stop shop for all shooters. Just north of the Richfield Cabela's store on Helson Drive, the Range of Richfield offers 12 state-of-the-art 25-yard indoor shooting lanes for all pistol and common rifle loads. Classes in home defense, basic handgun and concealed carry, a retail shop, trophy mount display, and more in a welcoming, family-friendly setting. Open daily except Monday to the public and members. Your ultimate shooting experience, therangewi.com. Attention future hunters, hunting season for turkey, small game, and deer is right around the corner. Don't wait to think about hunter education. The time to enroll is now. The Wisconsin DNR offers several options to choose from, making it easier than ever to enroll. Just browse for upcoming youth or adult hunter education classes at gowild.wi.gov and join the ranks of today's hunter education graduates who are ensuring the safe future of our hunting heritage. Classes fill up quickly, so don't wait. Enroll today. A message from Wisconsin DNR. If your rifle, shotgun, handgun, or muzzleloader needs work this season, call Roger Williams at Northern Magnetic, LLC. A licensed professional gunsmith for over 35 years, Roger can repair, customize, rebarrel, install sights and scope mounts, and more on all firearms, makes, and models. When you need a professional gunsmith, call Roger at 262-339-1798 or visit FixGuns.com. That's 262-339-1798 or FixGuns.com. Welcome back to your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. The Wisconsin Wildlife Federation is a group of grassroots conservation organizations and individuals dedicated to the future of fish, wildlife, clean water, and healthy habitat. Their website is WIWF.org. And over the next several months, we'll be talking about a new initiative with people from all over Wisconsin. Uh, Last week, we started with uh, Wisconsin Wildlife Federation Executive Director Mark LaBarbera. And joining us now is Dan Ebert. He's uh, the principal and a consultant in the Ebert Group. And he's also the state lead for... Uh, something called the Climate Initiative, a, gr- a coalition of groups, including the Wildlife Federation, working together to understand the impact in and around Wisconsin of the severe weather events that we've experienced in the last few years. Uh, and, of course, you know, things are changing. You can call it climate change. You can call it global warming, if you like, um, <clears throat> regardless of the label. There's no question that there have been some serious weather events, and, you know, we're going to be looking at the impact of some of those. Well, Dan, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Dan. Glad to be here this morning. And tell us about this coalition. Um, it's a number of groups. What kinds of groups are in it? Yeah, Dan, it's really um, a, really a, a broad cross-section of groups here in Wisconsin um, that includes, as you mentioned, uh, uh, hunting and fishing uh, organizations, farm groups, um, conservationists, healthcare folks who are interested in 
uh, health impacts, uh, renewable energy, local governments, business groups, um, uh, environmental groups or traditional environmental groups like Clean Wisconsin and Green Fire Wisconsin. It really is a, a broad cross-section of groups who have come together around really trying to understand the weather changes that we're experiencing here and really trying to focus on some solutions for what we might be able to do as a state um, and, you know, cities and counties and towns throughout the state. Uh, what can we do to respond and, and, uh, and better protect ourselves and, and maybe help head off some of the, the worst impacts that we um, that some folks are, are uh, you know, believe are coming our way. Uh-huh. And, and uh, I guess it, it was kind of um, implicit in my introduction, but uh, let me uh, be real clear about uh, this. Um, the funding for this series of conversations is coming from the Energy Foundation and the Wisconsin Wildlife Federation. So we will be talking uh, to folks, so, as I mentioned, over the next several months, um, and thanks to support from those organizations. Well, you know, Dan, uh, you and I have talked uh, off air, and some of uh, my listeners, I'm sure, remember my conversations with uh, my partner, Jeff Kelm, about uh, some severe weather that we've uh, endured here in the Cooley country. We've had a series of floods that have taken out fences, washed out pastures, uh, haven't lost any livestock, but... Um, Calf hutches float pretty pretty good when there's high water, and I lost uh, several of those. Um, they, they weigh 60 or 80 pounds, uh, plastic calf hutches. They went a half mile down river, and uh, friends have told me, oh, yeah, we saw some of them under the ice in that lake. So, uh, you know, I've, I've experienced it firsthand. We've dealt with it. Uh, you just kind of roll with the punches and, uh, and, and try to be ready for the next uh, the next one. Um, and, I, and I'm sure other folks have had, I know people who've had much more uh, severe damage, uh, lost livestock, lost uh, buildings, uh, you know. Um, have you had any personal experiences with uh, severe weather events? I have, Dan. So um, just a little bit further down Highway 12, uh, I'm in the, the town across Plains which is uh, west of Middleton. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you may recall, oh, probably three or four years ago now, we had a really significant weather event. I, I remember it really distinctly, Dan. I was coming back from a, a meeting in Milwaukee and um, coming back to my house uh, off of Highway 14. And um, I was uh, taking the belt line around Madison, and we got to the west, Western more, uh, most part of the, uh, the bell line and there was a river, uh, right across the bell line and, uh, around, uh, Middleton, Wisconsin. And it was just extraordinary. I mean, the traffic was stopped there for, uh, a long, long time. Um, and we have lots of friends and, and, uh, my daughter goes to school in Cross Plains and lots of families that were really impacted. Uh, obviously that's the Black Earth Creek, yeah. um, watershed there. Yeah. And, um, just some major, major flooding um, that really impacted hundreds of families in, in the village across Plains. So we certainly have, have seen it, um, not quite as directly, Dan, as, as you and, and many farmers. Um, and I think that's one of the things, Dan, that, that uh, has really got me, um, you know, really sort of struck me this year is listening to the number of stories from uh, folks like you and, and folks, you know, and what happened in West Beat, but um, really throughout the state, um, farmers that have said, you know, look, we can't withstand a 500-year flood every other year. Yeah. Um, so just the realization that flooding and erosion and and what's happening in this state is is really having some fairly significant economic impacts and, on people's livelihood. Um, and, you know, I think that's what has been – Sort of most rewarding for me as I've, you know, embarked on this this new project is just a number of different kinds of voices. Um, you know, Wisconsin Land and Water Conservation Association is part of our group. Um, we've got some farm organizations that are part of it. Uh, you know, it's just it's really uh, you know a lot. It's not sort of the the, the traditional enviros um, uh, groups. It's really 
much more of a broad coalition who's really, um, you know, focusing on this and, and again, really, really focusing on what can we do about this as a state and, and what are the types of steps that we can take individually and, and collectively uh-huh. um, to better better defend against this. Well, um, you mentioned farmers a couple of times. Uh, what are you hearing? I think you told me that Monroe County is one uh, area that has um, a task force that's looking for solutions. What are they doing? Yeah, it's it's really been fascinating to watch this, Dan. And I, you know, I think the Wisconsin Land and Water Conservation Association was, um, you know, instrumental in helping Monroe County organizations like Green Fire uh, Wisconsin uh, were really instrumental in helping them. But it started with the local community. It was, you know, individual farmers. And county commissioners and and uh, and folks who who you know and you know the the story about the 500 year flood every year that really really came from Monroe County. So you know they banded together and they brought in subject matter experts um, and they're really coming to the end of that process where where they're going to be releasing some specific recommendations that they think uh, steps that they can take to better plan for and manage. Uh, these extreme weather events. Uh huh. Okay. Um, you also mentioned that, uh, of course, farmers produce uh, our food, and they have customers which uh, vary from, uh, you know, local people at the farmers markets uh, to major international corporations. Uh, they're they're hearing from some of these uh, major uh, customers too, aren't they? They are. They are. I mean, I think you know. One of the things, Dan, is I think 2021 will go down as the year where climate change really broke through the, the partisan politics that, you know, we're all frustrated with here in Wisconsin and in this country. And and there's just a growing realization that, um, you know, companies like Nestle and Walmart and uh, folks who are the customers for Wisconsin farmers um, have made some really strong commitments uh, at the corporate level to um, reduce carbon, and they're beginning to talk to their supply chain, so individual farmers here in Wisconsin, about you know what farmers can do to also begin to reduce uh, the carbon impacts related to climate change, which contributes um, to the weather events that, that we're seeing. And so, you know, you've got um, you know folks like the farm farm uh, the corn growers, you've got the um, Wisconsin. Business Dairy Association and others who are really taking a close look at, you know, what can they do uh, working with uh, farmers throughout the state um, to begin to take some steps to uh, change their farming practices, um, uh, really focus on, and I think this is one of the things that, that um, is most exciting for me is really taking a look at it from the perspective of what's the revenue model that can support Ameri- uh, Wisconsin's farmers. And really sort of thinking about, you know, this change that's happening, how do we manage it, but also keeping an eye on the bottom line for farmers, that there is a revenue model that's sustainable and they can they can stay in business. Mm-hmm. Well, Dan, we've got to take a break here, and uh, there's a few more things I want to talk about with you. Can, uh, um, can you join us again next week to continue this conversation? I would be happy to, Dan. All right, good. We will do that. Well, folks, I'm talking with Dan Ebert. He is a consultant uh, with the Ebert Group, and he's the state lead for this initiative that we're talking about, um, a coalition of groups, uh, including the Wisconsin Wildlife Federation, working together to understand what the heck's going on with severe weather events and what can we do about it here in Wisconsin. We'll continue this conversation with Dan Ebert next week. Uh, I'm Dan Small. You are listening to Outdoors Radio. Attention landowners, the Conservation Reserve Program, CRP, is now open. CRP is a great opportunity for those hard-to-farm acres. It also helps improve a farm's profitability, delivers high-quality wildlife habitat, cleaner water, and healthier soils. The CRP sign-up is going on right now through March 11th. Find a local Pheasants Forever biologist at pheasantsforever.org slash CRP or visit your local USDA service center. Farm the best, CRP the rest. Enjoy the ultimate shooting experience at the Range of Richfield, your one-stop shop for all shooters. 
Just north of the Richfield Cabela's store on Helson Drive, the range of Richfield offers 12 state-of-the-art 25-yard indoor shooting lanes for all pistol and common rifle loads. Classes in home defense, basic handgun and concealed carry, a retail shop, trophy mount display, and more in a welcoming, family-friendly setting. Open daily except Monday to the public and members. Your ultimate shooting experience, therangewi.com. The Midwest's largest fishing website, lake-link.com, is your online fishing resource. 90% of Lake Link's features are yours to use free of charge. And members get access to Lake Link's online lake map library, lets you get GPS coordinates of any spot on the lake, and export waypoints to your onboard electronics. Members also get free outdoor classified ads, discounts on online store merchandise, and a whole lot more. You can also listen to Outdoors Radio 24-7 on Lake Link. Listen to this week's show... Catch any of our past shows, subscribe to our podcast, or even sign up for our weekly e-newsletter so you'll know in advance what's coming up right here. Just type in the keyword radio. See what you've been missing. Log on to lake-link.com today. That's lake-link.com. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Thanks again for joining us on Outdoors Radio. I'm Jeff Kelm. We're brought to you by Cedar Lake Sales on Highway 33 West in West Bend on the web at cedarlakesales.com. They've got plenty of boats in stock, more on the way, and their launch into summer event is set for April 9th with seminars and giveaways. Check out their website and Facebook details, our Facebook page for more details. Uh, we're also brought to you by Remy Battery, family owned and operated since 1931, serving Milwaukee, Escanaba, and Houghton. Let's start something, remybattery.com. By the Wisconsin Hunter Education Program with the Wisconsin DNR, dnr.wi.gov, Hunt Safe Wisconsin. By the Open Season Sportsman's Expo next weekend, March 25th through the 27th at Kalahari Resort in the Dells, opensportsmansexpo.com, and by the Wisconsin Wildlife Federation, grassroots hunting and angling conservationists dedicated to the future of fish, wildlife, clean water, and healthy habitat, wiwf.org. And if you happen to miss an episode of our TV show, Outdoor Wisconsin, you can watch any show from the past several years at milwaukeepbs.org. And if you miss Deer Hunt Wisconsin 2021 or want to see some of the shows that we did in recent years, those shows are archived on the Deer Hunt Wisconsin YouTube channel. And I get emails every so often where somebody saw a, a past episode of Outdoor Wisconsin and asked about it. And I just got an email uh, this week from Don Kirby about the um, <clears throat> Wisconsin uh, the duck stamp competition at Stevens Point and the Waterfowl Association um, decoy carving mm-hmm. competition. So, yeah, so people are still watching. Sure. That's cool. Well, if you missed anything on today's radio show that you want to hear again, you missed a part that you maybe walked in late, you can... Download it and take it with you anytime. Go to lake-link.com and go to their outdoor radio page. You can download this show, past shows up from uh, about a year ago, and um, then uh, you can uh, you can always have us with you. That's exactly what you want each and every week, isn't it? You can follow Dan on social media, Dan Small Outdoors, and follow me at Hardwater Jeff. Yeah, we will never leave you. <laughs> I, I think that's what the phone is designed to do. I mean, I keep getting these... Uh, you know what phones are oh, like. Yeah. I mean, I, I got into a YouTube vortex last weekend when I was trying to write an article, or supposed to write an article about Jeff uh, Frederick's uh, turkey hunting, and I finally got the thing done and got it to Dean Board, so it should be in the next issue of Outdoor News. Um, but uh, he was waiting for it, and they were just, you know, chomping at the bit Wednesday morning. Like, where's that story? Anyway, coming up, uh, leftover spring turkey permits on sale starting Monday. We mentioned that. Uh, County Deer Advisory Committees are meeting statewide over the next 10 days starting Monday. Your opportunity to weigh in on deer management and uh, management goals in your county. And you can join uh, the group. You can visit these uh, sessions. You can share your ideas. Go to the DNR website and uh, type in the keyword CDAC for uh, County Deer Advisory Committee. If you have any other items for the calendar, you can email us at dsoradio at gmail.com. I'm Dan Small here with Jeff Kelm. He'll be on the water in Illinois this weekend, but wherever you are, get outside this weekend. Be sure to join us again next week for Outdoors Radio. And the heron is fishing 
on one cold leg When the loon cries lover In the blue north wind I'll be trolling home to you When my wrist gets a little chilly On the gunnel When my lazy Ike is just too lazy to lure When the worms go dry In the coffee can, honey 